Dating later in life has changed. We are rethinking and updating what it means to date today. Welcome to the Later Dater Today podcast. You're not late, you're right on time. And now your host and Later Dater guide, Lakshmi. Hey, Later Daters. This is episode 19. And I originally thought it was going to be a short-ish one, but that's not turning out to be the case. I am headed to Bucharest, Romania this week to speak at a conference called Unfinished. And the topic this year is all about love and relationships. And I'm in a speaker lineup along with folks from the New York Times Modern Love column and a bunch of other people who are thinking about love and relationships in the modern age. And my talk will also be a sort of unveiling of the Later Dater Today movement. The title of my talk is Dating Climate Change, and it's going to be a hopefully interesting and playful comparison of climate change and the significant and rapid changes in the climate of dating. And a section of my talk is called The Death of the Crush. And I'm going to use this episode to share my thoughts around it and go deeper into it in a way that I probably won't have time to do on stage. As always, I am focused on the topics and tools that I think are the most relevant and useful to the later dater today. So here we go. The death of the crush. I was originally going to say the decline of the crush, but I'm trying to think a bit more like a modern marketer when possible. And death seems a little bit more compelling. I talk to a lot of people of all ages about their dating lives, and I think that there are fewer instances of crushes these days, and it's not because we are less prone to crushes. There is no one definition of a crush, but the kind of crush that I've always been interested in is the one that almost everyone can recall. The crushes that have an element of being caught off guard or something that builds slowly over time. I think it's the moment when you go from looking at someone to actually seeing them. Your brain sort of stops running point and a part of your heart has stepped in. And I'm going to break down why I think we don't have them as much and why I think this is such an important thing for a later dater to think about. But first, I want you to think about the people you've had crushes on. It's funny, I asked this at a dinner party the other night, and everyone could immediately retrieve those people and the feelings associated with it. Now, I want you to do this, not because I want you to track that person down or find out if they're single, but because I want you to recall the pace of it. I want you to think about how that crush developed. That is the key word, developed, like a blurry picture that suddenly comes into focus. I'll wait a few seconds. I remember one of my first crushes was a guy named Sean Bussey. I was in the fifth grade and I mean this, I had no friends. I had started at a new school and I had intense allergies that made few people want to be around me. And we were on this field trip at a nature preserve. 
we started as a big blob of a group. And then we were gradually forced to walk in a narrow line on a trail. And Sean and I got stuck walking next to each other. We started chatting and soon started laughing. Sean was in the mid-tier popular group, nowhere near my standing. And he started looking out for me, pointing out where there was a rock in the path, holding my hand when we had to climb over a fence. And there, out in the hot sun, among my classmates who in my mind did not exist anymore, only Sean did, he offered me a sip of water from his canteen. I know, right? A canteen? way before the fancy water bottles of today. And it was one of the most strangely intimate and sweet gestures a nerdy fifth grader with allergies could have experienced. I didn't know what I was feeling, but I felt incredibly close to this other person. And so, of course, I spent the rest of the school year avoiding him and getting tongue-tied if I ever saw him in the cafeteria. Nothing ever happened between me and Sean. But that afternoon and those conversations and that gesture would cling to my insides. I want you to remember the contours and shapes of your crushes because crushes are becoming an endangered species in the world of dating. The decline of crushes is one of the reasons I got involved in dating in the first place. I felt like I was witnessing their slow and then sudden demise. Crushes often don't make sense. They are sometimes hard to explain, hard to pin down. And yes, some crushes start right away, but I would put that more in the infatuation category. The crushes that I think are the most interesting and which you've probably had are the ones that kind of happen in a moment. It's when you exchange some funny sweet words or brush up against their arm or feel their sudden absence like oxygen has been sucked out of the room. Crushes are powerful, but not incapacitating. Your heart and your head have equal power. And I want you to think about some of the crushes you've had, because I think that crushes often hold the clues to who you were before the dating apps infiltrated so many aspects of modern dating. One of the most common pieces of modern dating advice out there is to, quote, date with intention, search for exactly what you want, and then be very upfront when you meet them about what works for you. Don't waste your time with anyone who doesn't give you exactly what you need, want, and deserve. And at some level, I get this. But what I know is that most people might have a general idea of what they want, But demanding or expecting that, like a customer with a coupon and a terms of service document, may not work when it comes to matters of the heart. Modern dating has encouraged so many people to be so specific and exacting in their relationship needs, and yet so limited in the ways we get to know each other, making it almost impossible to slowly peel the layers of the proverbial onion that is other people. There are so many spoken and unspoken rules of what should happen on what date number and by when. So much of dating advice and guidance is about decoding the intentions of the other person. Both parties are supposed to be ready at the exact same time. 
What I have always loved about crushes is their unexpected quality, how they often get us when our guards are down, disarm and obliterate our checklist. Crushes can float and travel their way into the corners and unexplored areas of our heart. People can go from seeing someone's physical height to the height of their humor. They may pay less attention to where they went to school and instead appreciate what they seem to know. They're no longer limited by some idea of their type and instead notice the types of feelings they have around that person. Instead of being drawn to someone younger, they feel the youth in someone older. People will often say things like, I can't believe I have a crush on blank, or they're not my type, or I can't explain what it is about that person. And crushes can often develop with people you already know, people you know well, people you might currently be dating. A small detail or mannerism can suddenly cause a flutter. There is not only something disarming about crushes, there is something illuminating. Crushes are able to slink around societal expectations, cultural pressures, biases, and rules. Many people have told me that it was because of an unexpected crush that they had a revised understanding of their sexuality or started to rethink their identity or had a real internal conversation with how they were socialized to think about what is attractive, a certain kind of face, a certain kind of income, pedigree, certain physical features. And yes, we've heard of the crushes that can go haywire or happen in inappropriate circumstances. So let's just take a minute to acknowledge that. But the reason why I want later daters to pay attention to crushes is that As far as I'm concerned, you are the generation of peak crush, where people started to hold off marriage, but also the period before the apps took over and made everything either a lust-filled quickie or an attempt to lock someone down for the long haul. Crushes are often the buffer between the two. The delicate space of a crush is truly magical. I think crushes happen because we are actually open instead of being told to be open. I want you to think about your past crushes because I want you to remember and recall the moments when your heart was, well, surprised, when your head tilted in wonderment, where you weren't steeped in a world where you had to swipe and message and meet up, where you could just be doing whatever you're doing and then slowly just notice someone. Again, the title of my talk is Dating Climate Change. And just like climate change, the changes can be so gradual and yet so sudden that we don't notice something until they're gone and someone points it out. Crushes are like the monarch butterfly in the dating biosphere. Crushes, like the monarch butterfly, aren't just beautiful. They are a critical part of the chain of how relationships pollinate and flourish. Because this is one of the things that's been lost in dating climate change, where entire ecosystems have been reconfigured, creating holes in the delicate navigational systems of our hearts. And by simply remembering those moments 
of having your guard down or your expectations turned upside down. Well, that energy is what I'd like you to bring to dates that you meet through swiping or sitting in traffic or in the produce section at the grocery store. The climate of dating may have changed, but I want you to remember some of the most organic moments that shaped your heart before the dings of text messages and notifications, before we searched for people by keyword, before the knife of technology started to slice you up into online and offline versions of yourself. Because I want you to know that it is still possible to develop a crush, but you have to pay attention and press pause on the side of you that's turned into a dating consumer. And crushes might look a little different today. They might develop a bit differently. You might have to look for the signs and seeds of them because you are no longer sitting around with the same people for hours rehearsing for a play or riding the school bus. You might meet someone on an app. It doesn't go anywhere. It turns into a friendship. And then without the same pressure, it takes a pivot to something else. Maybe you join the same fantasy football league and start to connect through scores and highlights. You may have starts and stops, and the crush forms in the spaces between their absence. And I am not saying that you should have a bunch of blurry relationships waiting for one to come into focus. I'm balancing out a big chunk of modern dating advice that tells you that things have to take a straight and linear path because that means you have standards and expectations and know exactly where you're going. The crush will take you down a path that looks more like a trail in a nature preserve where someone unexpectedly hands you their canteen. The later daters I talk to and work with have extremely vivid memories of their crushes and the feelings associated with them. They can recall them in an instant. And crushes are actually quite different from first loves or committed relationships. And again, it's not about trying to go and find those people. It's about jump-starting potentially dormant parts of your heart that don't need a roadmap or exact directions. I think when you are dating, as many of you are, it's that energy and wonderment that might be just the thing that carries and fuels you towards love or like and everything in between. Kind of like a butterfly. Thanks for listening. And an advance thanks to the organizers of Romania's unfinished conference for tackling such a profound and interesting subject this year and to which I've devoted a big part of my career. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And we'll see you next time.